bullets cannot kill him. This is one maniac you'll have to face alone or die. The choice is yours. You can fight him. Remain silent forever. Starring Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead. Maniac Cop. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. What's up, you old salty Mustang? I'm Lance Wackerly. <laughs> it's kind of a weird comment just to, to begin a podcast with, Wacker. I will relate where that came from later. You'll explicate a little later in the show. Hopefully. If I don't, then it'll just be a mystery, and I may forget to. So. <laughs> How's it going there, Wackman? It's good. Good? Not drinking sucks. <laughs> Wait, are you actually doing that? You, you've been sober this whole, this whole week? Yeah. I wow. <laughs> I didn't know if you were... I had two beers last night because our friend went, it was having a going away or going back to England party. But two beers, come on. I didn't know if you were hungover when you were talking about that and slightly delirious when you were mentioning that a couple weeks ago. Or I if probably was. Or if you were serious <laughs> about doing Regardless, this. Regardless, <laughs> still doing it. Wow. Well, my you know, head's it's off fucking to boring. Exactly. It's so boring. And I know... Everybody just loves this Louis C.K. quote now. I see it all over the place. I'm sure people are getting it tattooed on their biceps and women are getting tattooed on their sides of their rib cages about like you're not allowed to be bored because the universe is oh, so amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. You know what? I'm fucking fuck you. I am allowed to be bored. There's no alcohol in my system and I'm fucking bored. I got people don't remember, like, I mean, doesn't there stand up he did in the show? Like, he's talking to his fucking eight year old, okay? I'm an adult and I'm fucking bored and I want booze. Exactly. You know, part of it is too, and and I mean, I don't mean to sound glib here, but alcohol make, makes or breaks for a good time for the most part. I mean, when I go out on a date, when I hang out with my friends, if we're sober, I wouldn't even know what to do. Like, well, I'd rather hang I mean, up by myself I've, sober. I've gone out with some friends and been sober. And what do you they're do? they're drinking or maybe they want, you know, you just talk. But yeah, after about... <laughs> A half hour, it's kind of, I don't really, I'm not interested anymore. I mean, and there's nothing to do with your hands or like in the pauses, you're just sitting there staring at each other. And, and, oh. and, and yeah, on a so, date, uh, what else is new? <laughs> and on a date, it's even worse. I mean, you're, you're on a date and you're just, there's no social lubricant. So you're just kind of like, we're both sober. I have to, we're paying attention to the, what it is that we're, the bullshit each other's are spewing. Back and forth. I mean, at some point, I would just be like, uh, "Are we gonna fuck later, or yeah. should I just go home?" I mean, that's I'm what not you... gonna go out on any on any dates while I'm sober. So, oh god, I, I don't know. See. How long are you gonna be doing this till you go the insane? Till the end of the month. I'm, you know, I'm not smoking either. With that's this is dangerous to quit two things at once. I'm not quitting. Obviously, I might quit smoking. We'll see. So you haven't but smoked. I'm, but I'm not quitting. I'm not quitting drink. I'm not quitting drinking. 
uh, I will start again after the month is over. We'll see about smoking. But yeah, quitting both of those things, like there's a high chance I'm going to get really fat. <laughs> All right, Wackerly, let me, uh, so you haven't been smoking this whole week. You haven't no. been drinking this whole week. Well, I, like I said, I had two, I'm being completely honest. I've had, I had two beers yesterday because there was a going, a, a bon voyage happy hour thing. For I'm going to go out on a limb here and assume that you probably haven't been laid this whole week either. No, of course okay. not. Okay. So those three, th- three things working together, I'm surprised you're not the maniac cop that's out on the loose killing cops and killing people. Jesus Christ, dude. I just don't have any energy <laughs> to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, I mean, I guess I have a lot of energy because I'm not hungover, but I, I have no, like, motivation. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you take all three of those things away from me, I think I probably would have a break with reality. I think I probably would put together a manifesto. And there's a good chance I... And you already have the firearms. True. Yeah, I'm stunned. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just... I just want to go to sleep. <laughs> just, <laughs> not because I'm, ti- I'm tired, just because I can't think of anything to do. I just wake up in a month from now, so it's March, and you're like, sweet, I can drink again. <sighs> right, like hibernation. <laughs> <laughs> so I take it you've been uh, reading about the, the maniac cop. Of course. Out on the loose. God, to I the love point this where guy. I want to go see that movie again. It's been like a really long time. And I didn't know there were sequels to it. Yeah, I bet you a lot of people don't know about it. But we, I, the clip that we played at the beginning of the show was a clip from the trailer for Maniac Cop. And uh, oh. yeah, Bruce Campbell. Was it, yeah. Bruce Campbell was in the movie. You remember yeah, that? He plays a good guy where I think he, sh- he should play the Maniac Cop, but he doesn't. No, he plays the, uh, yeah, the hero in the movie. Yeah. And it was right, I think it was right after Evil Dead 2. Back then he was... Young and still relatively normal looking. <laughs> <laughs> he could have easily played the uh, the maniac cop. That's such a good movie. But you know, you know, Wackerly, this this story here that's unfolding currently. I mean, they they haven't actually caught the fugitive yet. Christopher Dorner, uh, former LAPD uh, police officer who was fired and is now exacting revenge on the force and their family. He's families. also ex Navy. Yeah, he's also ex Navy. I think this guy started out maniac cop, like killing people or killing cops. Well, nobody knew, like anything when these these situations happen, it was sort of chaos and nobody knew what was going on in the beginning. But he's evolved into the story, has evolved into Rambo First Blood. Because you know the guy right now, they say he's loose in uh, Big Bear Lake, California, like hiding in the wilderness in the snow-covered mountains. It's all snowy. Danger at every turn. There is snow in California, people. You just have to go up into the mountains. I think people snowboard all the time here. I mean, it's like, yeah, uh, it gets very it's, snowy. It's up there. Not like the East Coast right now, but yeah. But the, uh, the, the Big Bear Lakes were at, what by the Sierras? Is that what it is? Well, it's down by you more the southern yeah. end of the Sierras. I guess that would be. But I mean, it's a huge area of just wilderness of nothing. And this guy is like he's a survivalist. I mean, the dude was in the Navy. He, uh, I know he um, had training in, like, Alaska by his friend or something. I don't know. But the, the guy's dangerous. Uh, according to his manifesto, he's heavily armed. He's a, he's a big guy. I mean, he's a scary-looking dude. Uh, very intimidating. And, Although uh, his head is not very scary. He's one of those people with a really big head and a small face. <laughs> and it, all these features are very round. But uh, the, what was the story of Rambo, though? What was he? He was a, a POW, right? Or ex-POW? Oh, Vietnam. Some, something went down in Nam, and uh, he wasn't treated right when he came back. That's all I really remember. It's and then he ended while. up killing a bunch of comps, but it was like in the, I don't know, the in Washington, the state of Washington, like in some was small it? town. Yeah. 
Uh, Hope I thought it was in New England, but I don't take my word for it. And he ends up like cops going in there, uh, or cops claim that him. he, yeah, that he uh, assaulted or killed an officer, and they're trying to get revenge on him. And he like ends up like slaughtering all these cops. And I kind of see this story unfolding right now. This dude's hiding away in Big Bear Lake with like his, you know, his uh, his army knife. What, what are those knives called? Those Bowie knives. Bowie knife. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he's going with a compass Survival on the end. Knife. There's a compass on the end. You can pull it out, and there's stuff inside right. of it. And uh, yeah, he's. I think gonna... those were made famous by the Rambo movie because I remember I had one growing up because we thought it was so cool. You know, you like made your dad go buy you one, and you could add a compass in the end, and then you could unscrew the compass, and there was all this survival shit in the handle, like well, matches and stuff. Didn't Rambo wasn't his uh, weapon of choice the bow and arrow? I don't think that was till the part two or, or three or two and three. If, if you look at the the posters for the first Rambo movie, it, the knife fe- features prominently. It's like up next to his face. Oh, the poster yeah, okay. So it was of. the knife that was. Oh, yeah. And I think in the first one, he uh, was arrested and he killed a bunch of police officers in the prison, in the jailhouse. And then he went back to get his knife. So I think the knife is his signature weapon. At least from the first one, for sure. But this guy, I mean, this guy's got a, uh, you know, a cache of weapons. So he says. Well, so he says. There's no reason not to believe him. He actually talks about um, how he even obtained all these weapons. So I I believe he has a substantial arsenal. Yeah, no, he has an arsenal of weapons. So so a little backstory here. Christopher Dorner. um, They say last Sunday he shot and killed a couple in a parking garage at their condominium in Irvine, California. Apparently the woman was the daughter of a retired police captain who had represented Dorner in the disciplinary proceedings that led to his firing. And so he killed her and he killed her fiance, obviously innocence that had nothing to do with his firing, but the, other than the fact that they they're related to the police captain or Sergeant here that um, that's retired and he's vowed revenge on all of these police officers, even retired police officers and their families because of this firing. <clears throat> So you got now you got to go even further back. Okay, but, <laughs> say, but say why he was fired. Well, I'm going to get to that in a second. So after okay. the authorities identified Donor as a suspect in this double murder, he shot and grazed an LAPD officer in Corona, California, and then he used a rifle to ambush two Riverside police officers. Uh, this is on Thursday, killing one and seriously wounding the other. Um, police believe he's armed with multiple weapons, including an assault type rifle. He even said he has like a rocket launcher. He's got bulletproof vests. 50 caliber rifle, uh, sniper rifles, he says he has. I mean, the, the guy is, Which like, is like... That's like those big guns that they mount on the back of a Humvee. Well, the guy's like, uh, you know, it's specifically crazy. trained. That's you know? the scary... So the thing, he has all these weapons, and that's frightening. But uh, the real scary thing is that he claims that, you know, he knows all these tactics that they're going to use to find him. So the tactics are going to be useless. And didn't he say, like, uh, you know, don't bring, uh, was it, like, uh, don't bring, like, helicopters or rocket? Because he's like, I got a rocket launcher. He's got the launcher. rocket launcher, yeah. So, I mean, he's... Although, I mean, they're not going to bring in, like, a gunship to, like, fire at him from the air. That was a little bit of bravado. But just the stuff about, like, how he knows how they're going to, like, set up these, like, command posts. And he's going to, the command posts are going to be, like, it's target number one and uh, blah, blah, blah. He knows, like, uh, he knows how to, like, spot undercover cop cars because I guess they have special types of license plate codes and he knows how to interpret the codes. That kind of shit. Yeah, I mean, I guess he knows the tactics that uh, his um, pursuers are going to be using. So I wonder, you know, I mean, this guy is definitely a threat. So 
despite the fact that he executed three people in cold blood, he's become somewhat of a, uh, you know, an, an internet's, like the internet's Robin Hood. It's kind of a folk figure, like a folk hero. He's got a growing sure. fan base. I don't know if you've noticed this, but there's like dozens of Facebook fan pages and uh, Twitter. All these Twitters have been um, I, tweets know, about him. In the internet today, I cannot, and I don't think anybody can. You can never tell what's for the lols and what's in earnest well, what's I, trolling. You know, the, so. the, there's uh, Facebook pages with names like I support Christopher Jordan Dorner. We are all Chris Dorner. Uh, one of the pages calls trollish him, to me. <laughs> one of the pages calls him a man with morals and a hero, a real rebel with a cause, and they have like just images of police brutality. And I think that's the thing. He's become an anti-hero because now he's saying he's he's fighting the institution that we we revile, the police, mm-hmm. authority. Because he's he's claiming that there's corruption, and the LAPD obviously is notorious for um, for uh, past uh, past injustices. On the force. Well, most major police departments King. are, though, because... Well, that's what he, he's, he's claiming that he's fighting corruption on the force, so he's become somewhat of an anti-hero here on the internet. But the fact of the matter is, he did kill three people in cold blood. And Thus he, far. Yeah, and, uh, and he, he wounded another, and he's threatened to kill you know, dozens more. So, I mean, it remains to be seen the extent of uh, what this guy might do. But, uh, yeah, as we mentioned before, he did come out with a manifesto... And uh, all good, like uh, madmen, mad. Uh, I was going to say, you're crazy a fan people. of the mas- manifesto for well, sure. Any good uh, psycho has to have a manifesto. It's uh, a pretty good one. If you've, have you read it all, or I, I sent you some highlighted sections. Have you like perused it? I've read portions of it, and uh, it, it's I funny because it, it begins like where he's talking about what actually happened, what precipitated to cause him to uh, to uh, go on this rampage here. He's way more intelligent than I have been led to believe that the average cop is. So I guess he's the above average cop or my perception of the intelligence police (laughs) is wrong. He's he's like a pretty good writer. Yeah, he's articulate too. I mean, just in the way he's describing, uh, you know, his, his, his beliefs and uh, a little bit of problem with semicolons, (laughs) but uh, you know, who doesn't? Well, um, okay. So let's start here. So the reason what happened. He says his fight against police corruption. Darner claims that uh, since 2007, several members of the LAPD have conspired to ruin him after he blew the whistle, it's a whistleblower, on an officer who brutalized a man unnecessarily during an arrest. Uh, Donner says he's also come to blows with other members of the LAPD who uh, used the uh, racial epithet nigger in front of him on several times. So what he's talking about, and I read about this, he blew the whistle on an officer who brutalized um, someone that they were arresting. It turns out he accused his training officer, Teresa Evans, of kicking a schizophrenic man with dementia during the course of the arrest. A woman. He's accusing a woman of brutalizing a suspect. Right. (laughs) She kicked him in the face. But do, okay, when you read this about the police brutality, I just assumed there were just some guys, you know, with their batons beating the shit out of somebody. I didn't think it would be a woman. I think these women, uh, you know, they're they're coming up in the world. <laughs> You've come a long way, baby, as Virginia Slim would say. A lot of female cops are kind of scary, though. Her you know, uh, part don't of, un, in the don't man- I don't know. Them. I don't know how what the protocol is between going between the manifesto and actual actual news reports. But in the manifesto, he says that this woman 
uh, you know, she had this big time reputation for brutality and she enjoyed the reputation, her reputation as a, as a brutal cop. And her nickname was the Chupacabra. <laughs> the Chupacabra? <laughs> <shit you> not. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what she looked like if that was like a double edged, like, hey, we call you the Chupacabra. And she's like, because I'm so tough, huh? And they're like, yeah, it's because you look like a fucking goat sucking ugly bitch. <laughs> but yeah, it's because you're tough. Sure. So he complained, and, uh, and uh, I, I guess there was a. I don't know, the, the board, the, uh, there's a internal LAPD investigation. It turned into a, he said, she said situation. And they ended up throwing it out because he had no other witnesses to corroborate his story. And he the, says that the schizophrenic guy corroborates it and the schizophrenic guy's dad corroborates it. But well, I mean, but they weren't eyewitnesses you know, to what right. happened. Well, he, the guy who get kicked in the face was, but not the dad. <laughs> so, so following the complaint about uh, Sergeant Evans here, uh, he he claims he was being harassed by fellow officers for being a whistleblower. He he believed Dorner believed that someone urinated on his equipment bag at the police station, and Dorner no, no, thought not, this was, that's not in the manifesto. That's yeah, new to me. I read this in some article that he thought that this was in retaliation for his complaint against his sergeant. Uh, however, they uh, analyzed the substance and they found out that it was not urine. What know. was it? I, they don't say. Mountain uh, Dew lemonade. <laughs> Around the corner of the fudge made malt liquor. Yeah, he also thinks that some he thinks that somebody uh, hacked his credit card too from the pump from the police station. Uh, he, see, that, that's the thing. This guy's got all the indications of the indicators of being a paranoid schizophrenic. Well, you got to focus. Okay, one of the it's one of those things like uh, just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean everybody's not out to get me. Um, if you're one of these people and everybody is out to get you, or so you think, and you're going to write a screed, just focus on one thing. Pick the big thing, maybe two things, if they relate especially, but just stick to that. Because once you start saying five thing, five incidents where people are trying to screw you... Then uh, you start looking like a paranoiac. Like you're yeah, insane. You know, yeah. crying wolf. You know, you can only cry wolf so many times and people just are going to ignore you. And then the real wolf comes and the village gets eaten up. Well, just pick it, pick one Enjoy seminal me. point of injustice that, that you occur, that occurred. Cause then you could prove that you can prove it. You can be concise, brief. I don't know if we mentioned, but this manifesto is like 23, 23 pages, pages long. long. <laughs> so what ended up happening here, the board decided to fire Dorner for giving false testimony, saying that there was not substantial evidence to uh, support his allegations. And, uh, this was it. This was, this what set him off. And now he's re- vowed revenge against the LAPD, all the police officers involved with the firing, and their families. Um, he cites that the uh, LAPD is still a racist, violent organization, and uh, he mentions two incidents, uh, Rodney King and uh, the Rampart scandal. And I don't know if you, if you obviously we've, we've talked about Rodney King on the show, but the, Ra- the Rampart scandal occurred around the same time, well, a little later, is in the 90s. Later or before? No, Rodney later? King was early 90s. The Rampart was late ni- later 90s. Oh, I got it switched around. But it refers to widespread corruption in the anti-gang unit called Crash, which is community resources against, community resources against street hoodlums. God, what a code word. Those street hoodlums are uh, getting out of hand. Oh, who do you you mean? Street hoodlums? You know, those people. But so uh, they claim that there were 70 officers who were indicted and only 20 were uh, ever actually convicted of anything. No one actually served any uh, served any time in prison. 
I think some people lost their jobs. But the convicted offenses include unprovoked shootings, unprovoked beatings, planning of false evidence, framing of suspects, stealing and dealing narcotics, bank robbery, perjury, and covering up uh, evidence of these activities. Um, A little out of control, the LAPD back then. (laughs) Oh God! You know they—they they found that uh, once they started uh, investigating this, the uh, the Rampart scandal, three LAPD officers were were found to be on the payroll of hip hop mogul Suge Knight. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then two other two for other what? police officers just for like turning the uh, turning their blind eye a blind eye that's how this phrase goes turning a blind eye uh, turning a blind eye probably planning evidence probably uh, exonerating him of his crimes or assisting. Is that dude still alive? Yeah, Suge Knight's still around. I know he he's, serves some he's time. Scary. He's a scary man. Oh yeah, um, he could have you. If anybody disappear. is the like, embodiment of you know the boogeyman, the boogity man, <laughs> as some people call him, <laughs> the Suge uh, Knight. LAPD investigators uh, allege that uh, several three Rampart crash officers were involved in the '97 drive-by murder of Notorious B.I.G. It's never been proven, but they claim that they have evidence. He's got to be. I, I, mean, I don't, don't know. Don't all signs point to that. It had to. It had to have been. I mean, he had to be. I'm not saying he was. You know, he's related in some way, be it uh, indirectly or directly or remotely indirectly. But he's definitely involved. I mean, yeah, for sure. And so, so Dorner here cites these two these two incidents, and uh, and now he's on yeah, like this crusade against the LAPD. And, uh, and and that's what's happening here in the murderous crusade. Uh, well, murderous crusade, <laughs> but but that's the thing here. It's uh, he's got the makings of a folk hero, an apparent representation of an idea that there's a limit to how much sordid, oppressive authority can inflict before people strike back. And that's yeah. what the internet's all about. Well, you know what it tells me. As much as everybody's the country is clamoring for. You know, gun control after Sandy Hook, and you know now the news focuses on every shooting that happens, which I guess they should. Well, yeah, uh, and saying you know we've got to stop this violence. <laughs> on the other side of the coin, America still loves violence. It's great. The video they want to see a bunch movies. of cops get blown away. Uh, dude, dude, we're we're cheering this guy on. We're making Facebook pages idolizing this guy. Yeah, and the people who are making those Facebook pages want the body count to go up. Well, what I'm saying is... You can't inter- tell me that they don't. What I'm saying is, Internet, why don't you sit down and read this manifesto, and then you can decide, is this guy a soldier fighting a righteous war you know, against an oppressive uh, institution, or is he a madman or is he, or on is a he murderous madman? Or, rampage? Or is he an interesting critic of pop culture that holds a lot <laughs> of my same opinions and likes? <laughs> Because that's the part of the manifesto that I love that I don't think we've gotten into yet. Yeah, no, this is the best part of the manifesto, is the people who he specifically points out and, and commends and criticizes. So, but, so can I, let me point something out a little meta about this. So if you read through the 23 pages, which I recommend you do, it's, it won't take you that long. Very entertaining. It's enter, or it's just, you know, entertaining, interesting, whatever you want to call it. But it's very strange in that the first almost exactly half is this, you know, it's a little long-winded, and like I said, he makes too many points about too many ways he was wronged, but it is uh, very direct, and you understand what he's talking about. He he's like, makes his case very well, uh, even if you don't believe it all. And then about halfway through, the whole thing completely switches tone. Completely and, switches gears. like, intent, and it almost seems like a completely different person is writing it, because he just starts... I guess the the, the, the transition point is where he says, like... 
you know, I know people are going to think that I'm a horrible monster, but here's the people in my life that I want to thank. And that's kind of maybe expected. And maybe that's how the transition happens into when they're after that. Then he just goes into stuff he likes about celebrities culture and celebrities TV and shows, politicians sports so that's the part so, that so why don't like you read into. a few of these highlights here wack i got a couple too um one of, one of my favorites was uh he talks about um the movie django unchained and he says christopher waltz you impressed me in inglorious bastards but after viewing django unchained i was sold <laughs> You know, I too laud uh, Christopher Waltz's performance in that movie. I didn't like the movie so much, but Christopher Waltz was great. He was great. I agree uh, with you there, uh, Maniac Cop. <laughs> well, I first have to go. One of his first salutations, not to a famous person, but to a friend, is some guy who was who a Marine that he worked with when he was in the Navy. And he says that, you know, <laughs> your wisdom was always retained by me, you old salty Mustang. <laughs> <laughs> what does I'm that even start, mean i don't know but i'm gonna use it a lot now i like that he then puts in a dh lawrence quote <laughs> which is like didn't he re- write lady chatterley's lover which is a banned book because it has all these sexy parts he also wrote another short story about uh masturbation uh, called <laughs> the rocking horse winner i don't know if you <laughs> no i never read i didn't read this english major <laughs> i think i i think i scanned through it for the, for the page the library book with the pages that were like all sticky and fingerprinted Just well i'm sure part. you watched on skinamax lady shatterly one of the lady shatterly movies i'm sure i have yeah. seen it i don't know if i could you want me to pick at other ones because it's really hard well, i got okay um, here's one that was good he writes to todd phillips uh who's the director of the hangover and he says Todd Phillips, don't make any more hangovers after the third. It takes away from the originality of its foundation. <laughs> Which the third hasn't even come out yet, but he's a big fan. <laughs> yeah, let's just ping pong it back and forth. So, yeah, he likes that. He's a big fan of... He seems to be a Democrat because he likes Hillary and he likes Obama, but he likes uh, Governor Chris Christie he's a big fan of. He yeah. says, Governor Chris Christie, what can I say? You're the only person I would like to see in the White House other than Hillary in 2016. He does tell him, he kind of bounces around, which makes me think he kind of did go crazy in the middle of writing this. He, he says about Chris Christie later in the thing, he says, you're America's no shit talking uncle. Do one thing for your wife, kids, and supporters. Start walking at night and eat a little less. Not a lot less, just a little. And for those unfamiliar with state politics in america governor governor chris christie is a huge fat ass no, he's a massive sod buster he was just on letterman <laughs> eating cookies i don't know if you saw that it was but, a donut uh, or his donut. donut he was eating donuts yeah yeah he um, probably weighs like upwards of 300 pounds he also mentions uh he he's a, a, a huge fan of uh george herbert walker bush who is president bush's father I think everybody i think historically looking back people will recognize hw as being a good president yeah, no, he he was a he's a, a fan of HW. I also like this. Uh, he says to Larry David, Larry David, I agree. <laughs> Seventy two to eighty two degrees is way too hot in a residence. Sixty eight degrees is perfect. <laughs> That's one of my favorite curb your enthusiasm <laughs> sketches. Also, he's into Tebow. Oh yeah, he's a big fan of Tebow too. Tebow, I really wanted to see you take charge of an offense again and the game. Uh. Once again, you have to jump around. He says, you will be T-Boeing when you reach your next team. Get out of that circus they call the Jets and away from the reality TV star Rex Ryan and Mark Rapist Sanchez. 
Why, why do you suppose he included all these uh, salutations and, uh, and criticisms and, 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 uh, comment and uh, you know, comments on uh, celebrities? Like, well, do you think he do, did this because he knew it was going to be on the news and because he knew people were going to talk about this as a way to get a hold of them to, like, communicate with them? I have, like, a million competing theories. <laughs> But the yeah, Unabomber that's probably the most this. straightforward. The, the Unabomber didn't. I mean, he was too clueless to even know what was going on with television. I mean, this guy's like read an Us Weekly or two in his lifetime. Well, thing, he wasn't he, a super crazy guy. Like he had a normal life, but like the Unabomber lived in a fucking shack. I don't. What did he do in his free time? Masturbated, I guess, into his beard and talked well, to like cockroaches. That's what I'm saying. When people are trying to portray Donor as some kind of lunatic, he's not. He's not divorced from reality. You know, he's not speaking in tongues or code or, or living, you know, sequestering himself in some cabin out in, in Iowa. But this right. guy did. I mean, this guy probably had a girlfriend recently. I know uh, a girl, uh, some girl mentioned that she was married to him for like a month, but he was uh, insane. And, uh, and Although, yeah, well, the manifesto blames his relationships in life, like the lack of and the ones that did happen crumbling. He blames the LAPD for that, too. Hmm. Which is another sign of insanity when you, like, every problem you have kind of all leads back to one thing. I do like well, how... What did you think about his musical taste? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, you know, some of these, uh, let's see, he, um, these are the, the, the following are who he listed as musical prodigies. William Bell, Eric Clampton, B.B. King, Bob Marley, Metallica, Rob Zombie, Marvin Gaye, Jay-Z, Louis Armstrong. Nora Jones, you skipped her. Oh yeah, Nora Jones. <laughs> Mentioned that too. Yeah. Dave Brubeck takes five take five. Dave Brubeck's sorry. Let me start again. Dave Brubeck's take five is the greatest piece of music ever, period. <laughs> Strange for a black guy to pick a white jazz musician as being the best musician. Yeah, I'm also surprised that uh he's a fan of uh Rob Zombie. But you know, that might have come from me. What about Metallica? Or Metallica. <laughs> but that might have become from like hanging out with the whiteies in the military. You yeah, know, exactly. There's a lot of Metallica that happened there. Um, I, Jones, my favorite though, quote here, all. though, was... Uh, Even my mom could get along and listen to Nora Jones. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite quotes is, uh, he said, Charlie Sheen, you're effing awesome. And uh, speaking, of, speaking of which, guess who uh, recently addressed this, uh, his comment here? I guess this... Uh, Charlie Sheen made his own statement about how he feels, his sentiments, about Christopher Dorner. And I'll play it short. Christopher Dorner, this is Charlie Sheen. You mentioned me in your manifesto, so thank you for your kind words. I am urging you to call oh, me. idiot. Let's figure out together how to end this thing. Call me. I look forward to talking to you. He doesn't give him his number. Wouldn't that be bad if Charlie Sheen actually did solve this problem, got him to turn himself in? <laughs> well, we don't have to. We don't, everybody have to say, like, Charlie Sheen seems like a drug-addled fuckhead, but I guess he, like, saved a bunch of people's lives. Do you think they'd put him back on Two and a Half Men? I don't think he would take the job. <laughs> Maybe he would. You know, who, you know who we need to... Uh, this is who I think is going to stop this entire affair, who's going to solve the problem, who's going to go in. We should send this guy into Big Bear Lake, remove all the police officers... And just send this guy into Big Bear Lake, and this guy will solve the problem. This guy will John incapacitate. Steele? Now, this guy will incapacitate uh, Christopher Dorner, and not John Steele, even though he was the second person I chose. It's maybe this they guy. should come become a team. <laughs> I don't know if Steele could work with this guy, but maybe. See if you recognize this voice. 
grabbed the bag, I threw it over by that pole right there, and then fucking Buddy gets out and these two women are trying to help him, he runs up and he grabs one of them, man, like a guy that big can snap a woman's neck like a pencil stick, like a pencil so I fucking stick. ran up behind him with a hatchet, smash, 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 yeah, the, the lady said you saved your life, she was the one who got grabbed by that fucker, you know what, fuck is cool, that guy ain't, shit, fuck is cool, that guy ain't, Shit. Is fuck cool? I don't know. Fucking is cool. <laughs> People, if you, if you uh, have at least been online at all this week, you probably heard about Kai, who's become the most recent internet celebrity. I don't, I don't know. Who who do you think is uh, who's more popular now? Kai or Christopher Dorner? Definitely Kai. Uh, they're, both, they're both viral, though. Not I don't tor- know. Well, you said popular. I mean, that... Uh, that- Okay, not okay, not popular. Of like, in, in, you know, who would you want to hang out at your place with you? I'm just saying, who? Okay, who do you think the internet adores more? Kai, Kai, yeah. or Christopher? I don't know. Christopher Dorner has a <laughs> has dozens of Facebook fan pages. Yeah, I think. I mean, I could make dozens of Facebook fan pages for you. Does that mean you're the most famous person in the country this today? Why aren't you doing that, Wacko? Because <laughs> <laughs> you haven't paid me yet. <laughs> I don't like Kai because Kai reminds me of almost every asshole I knew in college. And maybe that's because our group, like there was a, not that we all were, but there was a large intersection with sort of neo, you know, 1990 style hippie people. They're just gutter punks. They're just idiots. Gutter, that, yeah, but there's, yeah. it's weird. Like, you know, when do you become a hippie and a gutter punk? And is the rainbow gathering gutter punk or hippie? You know what I mean? I think this guy's definitely like a hippie surfer, California bro dude that just wanders. He, he says he's and, not and homeless. And none of the people we knew in Michigan were like that, but they're still the same person. Well, that whole, that whole sort of same mentality. Like, that rest, it's it, he's got the California accent, but in behind it or part of it is that raspy voice. And you think maybe it's because he smokes lots of weed or cigarettes or whatever. But really, it's does. because the person never stops talking. He's like, "What's up, bro?" And he probably sings all the time with his stupid drum. Oh, dude, I love singing and playing in the drum circle, bro. <laughs> but so, so this guy Kai, if you haven't seen the the video, you should just do a search for Kai Drifter Hitchhiker. Uh, he like, um, I guess, smacked some dude in the head with a, or smashed some dude in the head with a hatchet who is trying to kill somebody. He's hitchhiking, got a ride for this guy. This guy went psychotic and uh, attacked some. St- Not like, Kai, the other guy. Th- th- no, the driver. He jumped out and he like attacked some woman. And Kai ran up behind him and hit him with, in the head with a hatchet, incapacitating him. He's become a uh, a hero because of this interview on Fox News. I'm sure someone's already auto tuned this into a song. Smash, smash, smash with a beat. Don't you think? Right. Yeah, or I'm how sure many parody Twitter accounts are there for this guy? I, I'm sure a million. I don't. Even, I doubt this guy's ever even used the internet. Maybe. Um, but he. But he I wears feel it like a badge of honor. You know that he hasn't. He probably was a big internet. He was probably a big World of Warcraft player a year ago, <laughs> and then he decided to go on this spirit journey. And now, you know, he's a man of the rails. I think he's the only one we could send in to take on Christopher Dorner. So please listen up. Mainly LAPD. because if he gets killed, it will be. It doesn't no big really loss. matter. <laughs> I mean, do you really give a fuck? <laughs> just give this guy a bunch of money. I don't know a flak jacket or whatever, and just send him into the Big Bear Lake woods. And just have him hunt down Christopher Dorner and with his hatchet and his backpack. Maybe sure. or I bet you all he need, really needs to do is just sit there with his guitar and his drum and start singing. And Christopher Dorner's gonna be like, "All right, dude, fucking, I'm, shoot me here." Yeah, you know he'll commit suicide. Up. But you, you know, Wankerly, you got to think about it. I, I think the LAPD 
should go find Christopher Dorner. I think he should be arrested. I think he should be convicted of his I think crimes. I think they're trying. <laughs> no, but I think he should be convicted of his crimes. But what's interesting about this is it makes you wonder why all these people on the internet claim that this dude is a hero. I mean, he shot three people in cold blood, but yet here we are like applauding him and saying, go kill more cops. Well, why is that? that that's what I think people should ask themselves. Why are we, why, why is this guy a hero? Why do we hate cops so much? Because he thinks they deserve it or they think that they deserve it. Apparently. I mean, apparently there's an, an issue with our justice system. So who knows? Well, people are willing to just believe anything. I mean, this guy said, if everything this guy says is true in his manifesto, yeah, it seems like he was dealt a raw deal. I don't think a he should kill deal. people, but he should like be compensated <laughs> or whatnot. But you can't just, you know, there's other sides to all these things that he, there's other people's perspectives on all these things he describes. Well, I just, I just which is think the purpose of court is to have everybody's perspective come out and then have, you know, a group of people decide which is the right, which part, which, what really happened, right? Well, I just think it also should, this is an opportunity for us to actually examine our justice system and examine our, our, uh, the institution of law enforcement. Because if this many people hate them, and willing to uh, applaud a guy who's threatening to murder them and their families, there's something wrong, inherently wrong with it. But I don't know. I doubt that, I doubt, I doubt that will happen. I don't know. We'll see. I, my, I mean, in my area, I want the cops to become more brutal, so I'm probably not the person <laughs> to ask. This is episode 367 here of Sick and Wrong. Um, people, send in your stories, Sick and Wrong Podcast at hotmail.com. Submit them via Twitter or Facebook. If we do read your story and give you credit for it here on the show, we will send you a Sick and Wrong care package. Uh, we got a few good stories here this week. It's difficult to choose. I know a lot of people send in the Maniac Cop story, but I think it made a better intro. Uh, just because there's so many different facets to it. Um, but regardless, thanks for sending that in. Uh, yeah, before we get started here, here's a word from our sponsor, adamandeve.com. It's butt plug month on adamandeve.com. Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. So the first story here we got for episode 367 came in from uh, Rob. Rob writes, now this is the proper way to act when getting a drunken disorderly. Um, have you ever had one of those, Wanker? Mm, no. I know I have friends that have got them. Usually for peeing in public. And that's why I got one. Yeah. Um, I got one in college for, uh, well, I got a UIP, urinating in public. And then I was really drunk and I was... So you made a scene when they said something to you. Well, I was just insulting. I, I think I was going off about how like there are people being raped and dealing drugs and being murdered in this city and you're arresting me for urinating on a bush. Maybe you should evaluate your careers. And then the guy was like, all right, drunk and disorderly. Said the college student. <laughs> said the college you student. evaluate your career, man. Well, I mean, whatever. Would you be... I was surprised I was even that... Uh, for both being as intoxicated as I was. Um, I do recall being tackled and not being allowed to button up my pants initially. Hmm. So my, my John Thomas was hanging was out. flopping all over the place. It was embarrassing. 
Uh, so this story actually occurs a um, or involves a. I guess I don't know if this guy would be a C-list celebrity. Maybe. Do you know who Jason London is? <laughs> Only Actor. because I know the story you're talking about. Or I, I wouldn't if I hadn't read the story. Let me put it that way. Actor Jason London, best known for his role as Randall Pink Floyd in the movie Dazed and Confused, uh, defecated in a Scottsdale police car last week. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's always great to hear. Like, you got to lead up to that. That's like the big punchline. Yeah, well, I mean, that's pretty much that's the headline. It's uh, he he told <laughs> inside a Scottsdale cop car. He said, "I'm happy as shit." And literally, he was. Uh, in Days of Confused, he was the main character. He was the, the dude, the quarterback. Like on the football team that was deciding whether or not, I don't know. Well, was it, what was he deciding? You know, he was do? the hybrid. He was the guy who was good at sports, but also hung, hung out with the, the stoners. burnouts. Yeah, he was a jock, but he also hung out with the stoners. What so he, he, had that he was the liaison. <laughs> but he had that internal conflict. Like, should I do sports? Should I hang out with my bros and smoke weed? Right. I think that, that was what get, the whole movie was about. Get blowjobs. Um, according to the Scottsdale Police Department, I hate Scottsdale, Arizona. There's some beautiful women there, but it is just a terrible place to hang out. I don't really know of it that much. Well, it's kind of like there's Phoenix, which is a huge city, but then Scottsdale is this like very white suburb, like suburb though. It's just very white. It's the gentrified area of the shithole that is Phoenix. That is Phoenix, yeah. Uh, According to a Scottsdale Police Department report, um, he was arrested after, so London was arrested because he sneezed in a man's face. At the Martini Ranch Bar. That's another that's thing. That's rude. That's another thing about uh, Scottsdale. Is there's all these these bars called like the Martini Ranch. You can already picture what that place is like. It's, full it's on very gay. Market. It's a very gay name. Yeah, but it's probably like a hyper straight bar though. Like I'm I'm sure, sure it's like everybody there. It's just those idiot meatheads. Lots of frat boys. Sorority chicks. Hey, you want to go down to the Martini Ranch? <laughs> uh, so, okay. So London be women there? I think so, brother. <laughs> London sneezed in a man's face at the bar, and after the guy got upset, London punched him in the face. Which um, <laughs> and that needs to be uncalled for. The man got upset because the dude, this actor, sneezed in his face. The man that got sneezed on didn't punch the, him in the face. No. London punched him in the, so he sneezed on him. Then he punched him. Yeah. So he sneezed on him. <laughs> And I'm sure there was mucus on the guy's face, yeah. and then he punched him in the face because the guy was – apparently what happened, the man who got sneezed on said he was sure that London d- did it intentionally, and he got punched after asking London to apologize. So instead of, like, provoking a, a fracas here, he just was like, dude, you sneezed on my face. That's how rude. You should apologize to me. So London just apologized with his fist. I kind of like London. He's kind this of a guy. badass. If you think not about this. Not a badass. I mean, he, this guy, when, when you get your face sneezed in and then you ask for an apology, you're signaling that you're not going to do shit. So the person can punch you in the face and it's not being a badass because you know the guy isn't going to do shit. You sneeze in his face and he asks for an apology. Don't you think, I mean, the, 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 I don't know, the perfect reaction would be to punch this guy in the face. If somebody sneezed on me at the bar, I'd be like, what the fuck? And at least push them. Or maybe throw sneeze, your drink in their face, or, or sneeze yeah. back on them. Well, you can't just conjure is You can't. Just, okay, you could hockaloog. You could hockaloog, or you could just go into a just a screaming mental tirade, which is probably what I would do. I, I think I would hockaloog and be like, "What the fuck?" I mean, <laughs> you know, quid pro quo. 
But but think about it this and way though. Like, hey, weren't you in Days and Confused? <laughs> Can you give me an autograph? If this guy's an actor, he's a celebrity. I mean, are celebrities allowed to do this? I mean, don't they have carte blanche to sneeze in the faces of uh, us plebes? I would let him. I would let him punch me in the face, and then the understanding is that now I'm going to sue you, and and you know you're gonna I'm going to get a lot of money. What celebs would you allow to sneeze in your face, Wackley? John Hamm. Sure. Rob He's Schneider. Got a lot of money. Rob Schneider. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're stretching the boundaries of celebrity. Yeah, Rob Schneider. Would you? <laughs> sure, I could sue him. Okay, Tom Green. No, he's not a celebrity. <laughs> We're as famous as that guy. So you would punch back to Tom Green. You wouldn't try to sue him? I would grab him by the his goatee and, you know, like, pull him, jerk him around by the neck a little bit. I would kick him in the ball. He also has one ball? <laughs> he just has one ball. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. So security, I guess a scene, a scene did, uh, did unfold here. A security at the bar told police that they had to defend themselves from London. As they removed him from the bar, he got a bit rowdy with firefighters, paramedics, and cops as they tried to treat his injuries. I think the security <laughs> basically beat the shit out of him. And then, uh, oh, I was- saw the the mug shot. He wasn't looking so good, and it's unclear whether that's from like massive alcohol consumption or getting beat up. Well, he called the cop the cops fucking hillbillies. Um, and then uh, when he was being escorted down the street to, I guess the to the uh, cruiser, he said, "Guess what, faggot." I fucking love this. I fucking own you guys so hard. So he told the police officers, I'm rich and I'm a motherfucking famous actor. Fucking look me up, bitch. Do you think that... All true, really. How many times do you think Lindsay Lohan's ever used those lines? This guy seems more self-aware than Lindsay Lohan. I think when these things happen to Lindsay Lohan, uh, she... She has that persecution complex that she can't believe that everybody's fucking her over where this guy knows exactly that I'm behaving like a dick. Fuck you. I don't care. I'm having fun. I'm not going to feel any real repercussions because I'm just going to pay my lawyer to get me off. and I'm going to pay bail and I'm not going to spend any time in jail. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Lindsay yeah. Lohan isn't that self-aware. But this dude, but this, yeah, I guess she doesn't really say that. I think she just assumes that people know who she is. Whereas this guy, and she like, never, and she never admits fault. Whereas this guy is admitting, admitting fault. He he's saying, yes, I know I'm at fault, and I don't give a fuck. But he's doing the whole Andy Kaufman. I'm from Hollywood. I own right. you. And For I, real though, I don't think he's trying to be ironic. All right, name three movies. Name two movies he's been in other than Days and Confused. I can't. <laughs> I could go IMDb him. I IMDb did already. He was in Carrie Two, <laughs> of the Rage. And uh, Jason and as the an old man, or is he supposed to be young? And then this movie is an older movie. I think came out like in the nineties. Jason and the Argonauts was that the second one? Yeah, he was in that too. Um, was that a made-for-TV movie? <laughs> I, no, I think that came out. I think that was released. I'm not sure. I, I never it? saw it. No. Um, the officer. No, no, nothing will ever be better than the Ray Harryhausen version. So everybody can fuck off. The officer that was being derided didn't didn't respond. Um, he says uh, London continued talking, saying. It smells like shit in your car, and your breath smells like diarrhea. That's a good line. That's a good line. If you're eight years old, it's pretty good. (laughs) Or really drunk, either way. I don't don't know if I'd come up with that on the top of my head being really wasted. I guess the officer wrote in his report that, um, I mean, London was in the backseat of the police cruiser just talking shit, literally. Officer looked back. He says, I looked back at him just in time to see him leaning to the left and defecating in his pants. Then he there said, I told you, 
I'm happy as shit. There it is. I think it was the comedian David Tell who uh, described this the the position you're when you're up on one cheek, you know, duking duking out a turd. He calls it Duke's a hazarding a turd. And I think uh, I just like the mental image here of uh, this actor Jason London just full on duking one out like Duke's a hazard style. Yeah. Got In it. his pants, though. I mean, I guess he's handcuffed. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense because the Duke's a hazard maneuver on the toilet is kind of like make sure you get a clean break and it all it doesn't sort of get caught up in your ass hair so much. Although a little bit of that is in- inevitable. <laughs> but if you're going to shit in your pants anyways, like what's the point of getting up on one cheek? I'm not sure. Maybe uh, to force it out easier. I mean, <laughs> do you yeah. get more leverage with your di- your your abdominal muscles that way, you think? Well, I David thought Tell, about it, maybe. And David Tell's bit, that when he talks about Dukes of Hazarding, he was, like, taking a shit, and he heard the beginnings of The Simpsons playing, so he wanted to hurry it up. So he oh. was trying to do a speed shit. So maybe in the, uh, you know, he, he's uh, conscious of time, and he feels like we're almost to the police station. I'm just going to duke this one out really quick before, you know, I want to shit, shit my pants in the car to make the car smell bad before we get oh, there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to start timing myself both ways and see if it is faster. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it takes a certain level of I'm not skill, drinking, though. so I have a lot of time on my hands to fucking <laughs> perform fucking experiments and stuff like that. So if anybody else wants any experiments run, just give me an email. So London wasn't even cooperative after they arrived at jail. Uh, his wife called the police looking for information about what happened, and uh, she told the officer that uh, London's an asshole when he drinks. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure the officer's Clearly. well aware of that, <laughs> along with the entire country. What kind of pants did he have on? I mean, that'd be the first thing I would re- ask as a reporter. I mean, were they like light-colored khakis or dark <laughs> jeans? That makes a big difference to the story. Yeah, I don't know. Leather pants? Who knows? Leather pants. That would be a mess. Yeah, that would be... And expensive. Uh, you know what, though? It all makes sense. If he was wearing shorts? No, he wasn't wearing... Because if he was wearing shorts, the cop would have said that he shat all over my back seat. Yeah, I guess it would have been more effective. A more effective form of protest if he was wearing shorts. Short shorts? But yeah, he was probably just wearing jeans. You know, that sucks because then now you're going to be stuck in a prison, like in a holding cell with this dude, and he just he shit his pants. I, do you know, I doubt they give him like That's a change a of clothes. That's a good question. What about uh, with Jim Bob? <laughs> That's a question for Jim Bob. I mean, if they bring you in and you just shit your pants, do they hose you off or do they just throw you in the holding cell with everybody else and say deal with it? I'm not sure. I bet you they just toss you in the holding cell and you just have shitty pants. I was in the holding cell. <laughs> this motherfucker comes in with shitty pants. This motherfucker <laughs> was in that movie Days of Confused. And we all held him down, took his pants off, and cleaned off all the feces. Because Very we're good gently, people. like mothers would do to their babies. <laughs> I doubt that would happen. <laughs> he put the talcum powder on his ball sack. So what do you have here for the second story? Short and sweet. Seven near sweet. you. In nice. Uh, no, so you, your story... Uh, Southeast of downtown Los Angeles in Commerce. Commerce. One of those uh, really creative towns around L.A. There's also one called City of Industry. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, dude? I wonder who lives there. I, yeah, I've just never, I've never, I think I've been out to Commerce once. It's on gross. On the way to LAX. 
city of industry is also gross. Unless you want to take some art photos of like, you know, gross industrial landscapes. Uh, mailman, 55 year old mailman, Daniel Villa senior. He's worked for the post office for 31 years. He's now on unpaid leave. <laughs> he was delivering the mail on, uh, this past week, Tuesday. And, you know, not unlike this London guy, <laughs> he had to, nature was calling. And so what do you do in your mail? I mean, like we work in an office and there's a bathroom right there and we have lots of stories about work bathroom related things. And obviously the moon guy from England has a lot of stories about the work bathroom. But when you're a mailman, you got to walk around all day in a neighborhood. Like, where do you go if you have to take a shit? A Walmart bag. (laughs) And you just carry it around with you for the rest of the day? (laughs) I mean, I guess no, you just you go, leave it you in your a park car. with a public restroom, which is what this guy did. Yeah, I imagine that's a, that probably would suffice. He, uh, so there's a park on his route, route. It's called Bristow Park in Commerce. And I actually checked it out on the map, and it is near houses because I thought maybe there's shenanigans going on. Like this guy, this was a mailman who was playing hooky and, and cruising toilets for gay sex or something, or maybe even, you know, trying to pe- be a peeping Tom. Look at Wackerly doing research beyond the story. I'm not drinking, so I have all this fucking time. It sucks. Very tedious person right now. Uh, So what happened, to make a long story short, is he accidentally walked into the female bathroom, which we've all done this, right? I've, I've, you know, I've done it multiple times at bars too, because I've been wasted. And, you know, sometimes a lot of these bars you go to don't have the proper insignias indicating it's a man's or a woman's restroom. Have you noticed that? They'll right. have like some kind of funny deer on it, like a deer and a doe. Yeah, and you're all fucked up, and you're just like, I don't what? remember. Like, which one has horns, the female yeah. or the male? Or birds are even worse, okay. because, you know, like, I the male birds. bird is more colorful than the female, but it seems wrong, because, like, you know, for real human beings, that's not true. I, I just, just you know, I mean, why not just put a big cock and balls on one, and then a draw of that? I mean, I, I can draw those for you. Yeah. And that would be easy. That could be your side job. <laughs> Just drawing cock and balls on a genitalia. I'm good at that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the first thing, when, when you go and you're like, oh, fuck, there's no urinals. I'm in the wrong bathroom. Even if you don't see a woman, that's your panic <laughs> thing. Sometimes there's an old or just a weird bathroom that doesn't have urinals and you're, you're in the men's, but you don't see any urinals and you sort of panic. Like that's happened to me too. Have you, you have ever, to double check. Have, have you ever actually just engaged, like started peeing and then just look around and be like, oh fuck. And then a woman comes in. Maybe I have. It's been a long time if that's happened, but it kind of seems familiar. Like you're, you're in the stall peeing and you hear somebody go in and sit down you're like, oh, somebody taking a shit. And then you notice that she has high heels on like, cause you can see her feet. Is it appropriate to tap toes at that point? I, I don't know if that works. You'd be like, Hey, I'm a dude, <laughs> but if you're interested, I mean, I've, toe. I've seen, I've been in bars. I'm trying to think of where this was. I think it was San Francisco. might've been, I think it might've been the hemlock maybe where I was just peeing and a girl was sick of waiting in line at the bar and just came in and peed in the urinal. I've seen that happen. Yeah. And I, I have actually done that too. in those bars with ridiculous, like, you know, one bathroom and there's 20 dudes in line. I've just said, I'm going in the women's fuck it. There's no women in this shitty bar. Anyways. I remember just peeing and just being like, wow, you know, go, you go for it, girl. 
Was she facing the wall or was she facing away from the wall? She was facing it. Like she kind of straddling like where the okay. urinal comes out. So the piss is just kind of dripping down. But it was surprising how like accurate she was. Did you see Bush? I, I just saw her from the side. I couldn't really. Yeah, I guess I kind of. It was like kind of a. She's kind in of a your domain, dude. You can stare at oh, that I, point. But believe like, oh, me, I was. I was talking are, to are her. Are you trimmed up down there? What's going on? I was, I was talking to her. She has a fucking her. problem with it. Stay out of the men's bathroom. She high fived me. I know. She was in my domain. Exactly. You high fived her. I take she hadn't washed her hands yet. Probably got a pi- women's she, piss disease. Yeah, but I still thought it was pretty cool. Did you smell your hand afterwards? <laughs> Licked it. Enough of this. <laughs> what are you, Axel Rose? <laughs> Wiping women's pee off of them? Well, he accidentally walked in the women's bathroom, this post office, posty. And a little girl saw him and she started laughing. <laughs> and one part of the article girl? it says she started laughing, and another part it says that uh, she was supposedly taunting him. Now, taunting and laughing, there's a fine line, right? Like it goes on a little too long, becomes taunting, and then laughing is just the initial reaction. How, yeah, how old you, was this people girl? People can't help but they laugh. How old was this girl? Eleven years old. Okay, so <laughs> she's, she's young, girl. preteen. Well, he choked the shit out of her. <laughs> like remember when Homer used to choke Bart, and like his tongue would fly way down of his mouth, and his eyes would bug out. I love I mean, that. He really about choked Homer. the fuck out of her. <laughs> I mean, you should never choke a kid. <laughs> we, can, we can debate spanking or taking the belt or the switch or, you know, maybe duct taping your kid up into a mummy. Uh, but, but you can't, you should never be choking your child. You don't want to choke him. You don't want to punch him in the face. Open hand or closed hand? <laughs> okay. Closed fist to the face is never appropriate. That's a no-no. Nor is choking. No choking. Yeah. Well, he choked her and it wasn't even his kid. So now he is in jail for $100,000 bail, booked wow. on one count felony count of willful cruelty to a child. Uh, the post office is making no comment. Uh, they've taken, they talked to some of his neighbors who said he was a great guy. Uh, hell of a guy is actually what he says. He'll, and he, this neighbor, Leo Ferraris, says that he'll be barbecuing stuff and he'll say, I've got stuff to bring over to you, so don't fix dinner tonight. That's a good neighbor. Hmm. Unless he's not a good cook, and then you're like, ugh, <laughs> don't bother. You know, I've I'm had enough all, of your carne asada, and it's always burnt. I'm always wary of postal workers. I always treat them with respect. I'm always very friendly to them because you see, well, first of all, you see them all the day. You don't want them to fuck with your mail. You see them every day. But also, I feel like those people are always on the verge of a mental breakdown. Well, yeah, it's, but it's historically documented. I know. And you've read, read about all these different instances. So, you know what? Just let them do their job. Let, leave them be. Is I, it because it's so low paid? Because it doesn't seem like that bad of a job. No, you'd think it would be so easy. I think it's just because you're doing it every day, the same thing every day. And eventually. What I, the fuck do you do for your job? But what I the have, fuck do I do for my job? But you have different challenges, different clients. You, you travel. This dude is doing the exact same fucking thing day in, day out. You know, I, and, I, I, and I, I bet you, you also have it's like probably different- a grass is greener thing, but I'd like to just get up and like walk around for like several miles every day. I bet you the home. supervisor probably treats you like shit because you're not doing it fast enough. Now there's all these pressure because like the, the post office, uh, didn't they lose like a billion dollars the past two months? Yeah, it's a terrible. Part They're about to cut Saturday service. So I bet you you get your pay cut. <laughs> And who gives a fuck about Saturday service? I, yeah. I want them to go down to three day, one day a week. I would be fine with. 
No, I'd like it a little bit more than that, but uh, why? Who cares? Because yeah, I send a lot of shit out in the mail. I order a lot of things in the mail. But uh, but in I'm US, saying, but doesn't it come FedEx or you know UPS? No, USPS is way cheaper than both of those, and oftentimes even more reliable. So, but you know, if it, if the thing you order didn't come till Wednesday versus you know I got to get it on Monday, who gives a shit? <sighs> Pisses me off. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, it's not going to happen. It's just my idea. All I'm saying, though, about the the post office, just this institution's been there forever. This guy's probably work. He's 55. He's probably done this. That's all he's done probably since he's been what 18. He's worked there forever. Years, so, 31 years. Uh, 31 years. 31 years working there. Yeah, probably like that. He's probably unmarried. 25. He probably has like uh, you know. I, I doubt he even owns his house. He doesn't have much going for him other than this job. And here's this girl mocking him. Mocking him, pointing and laughing at his innocent mistake. I wonder if she saw his penis. All right, if he had his dick out and he was sneaking in there to jack off to women, uh, no, you know, but what taking if he a was shit, like, like all we right, were then saying, she's allowed like, to laugh. He didn't realize that he was in the women's room and he took his cock out. I mean, I, you know, women's rooms have they have doors on the stalls typically, so I don't see how she could have seen his penis unless, like you're saying, that he's really in there he's to bang out, out and to do you, perv. Do you think she was laughing at the size of his penis? Of course. <laughs> anyway, the- if, if an 11-year-old girl sees a cock that's like 18 inches long, she's not going to laugh. Yep. She's, yeah. <laughs> she's going to run in fright. Moral of the story My is... man just- has a snake in the bathroom. Leave the mailmen be. Just leave the mailmen be. Just leave them alone. They're all... I think they all have this breaking point. And it's, there should uh, be signs like when you go to a national park, like about, you know, the, don't taunt the bears or whatever, or feed them. Definitely not. Uh, people, send your stories into stickaroundpodcast at hotmail.com. Wackerly, got a few phone calls here. The SW hotline, 206-666-3846 is that number. You know, I was sorely disappointed in the quality of our phone calls this week. I just want to tell you that. You know, I, I listen to the phone calls. And, you know, we will play your phone call if you have something interesting to say other than just, like, hurling curse words at us, insulting <laughs> our, our mothers. Um, you know, it's just, it just it doesn't make any sense. It's like people leave these, like... You know, two minute long drunken ramblings where they're just insulting us or maybe going on this whole racist bent. We're not going to play that on the show. Mm, you know? Unless it's really funny. <laughs> if it's really funny, then yeah. But most of the time you can't even yeah, understand it. It's not. Yeah, you can't even understand it. And it's like, so, so give us a call. Tell us a story. Tell us something funny. If it's good, we will definitely play it on the show. We're not ignoring you. But I think a lot of people call up when they're wasted and just leave these stupid, unintelligible convers- like messages, and then we don't play it because it would sound like shit on the show. So we're not ignoring you purposely. We just want something with quality. Like 1% of people are drunk when they're funny. Yeah. Or funny when they're drunk is what I meant to say. Like uh, uh, the, the rest like, of people just think they're funny, and you're really not. No, not at all. Like, well, you know, like the, the, the actor, you know, taking London, taking a shit in the car, that's funny. That guy's funny. If he wants to call in drunk, he is more than welcome to. A-list material with that guy. Definitely. <laughs> Even though he's a C-list celebrity, A-list drunken Drunken material. Uh, so anyway, uh, before we get to our calls this week, here's a word from our second sponsor, audible.com. If you're illiterate or have Down syndrome, but you still want to read a book... Why not go to audible.com and get an audiobook? Audible has over 75,000 titles to choose from, with more being added all the time. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. All right, so the first phone call here we got is about um, 
a guy who was recently fired. Ladies, I just got fired because uh, after a year, my fucking boss noticed that I have a fucking tattoo that says fuck on my arm. What an asshole. What do you think of that? Does it just say, does it just say fuck? I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Now I'm wondering what, what does your tattoo look like guy? I mean, do you just have, I, the... I'm imagining it says fuck in comic sans font. <laughs> I'm picturing pretty great. I'm picturing like bold, uh, you know, Paladino or something, Palatino, where it's just like a big bold letters or maybe, maybe like, not, um, I'm not familiar with that font. I'm going to have to open up word and check it out. Or maybe old English style just says fuck on his arm and big, uh, all caps. See, that would be too typical. Like, pick a different, pick a cool font or interesting font. Everybody does the old English, you know, thug life across your abdomen. So, you know, I'm surprised Burger King would be that upset about their workers having the word fuck tattooed on their arm. You know, there's a grooming standard. <laughs> Where do you think this guy works? Oh, honestly, I would put my money on uh, warehouse operations or something like that. I'm saying Walmart. Because uh, mm. he, maybe he's trying to be a greeter at Walmart, and people just don't want no, to fuck. No, he's not. Those are, that job's for senior citizens. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, would you as a – okay, let's say you uh, – you, you know, we're hiring people at my company right now. Let's say you're Sticking interviewing – enterprises. <laughs> you know, the, you know my, 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 my actual job that gives me money. But um, let's say you're interviewing somebody, and you see a tattoo of uh, – you know, someone's butthole and so, so it says like fucking butthole on it or something, you know, a tattoo, it says fucking butthole. And there's a picture of a butthole. Like, would you not like, would you automatically would this person be disregarded in your opinion? Yeah. Just because of this tattoo. <laughs> I mean, is it on their hand? Because people are interviewing at my company are going to be wearing long sleeves. Neck. I hope. Yeah, neck, man. <laughs> now, I mean, once you're getting a tattoo in that region, then whatever it says, your 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 resume is getting thrown in the garbage. What if it says sorry, Lance people, Wackily? But that's the way it is. What if it says Lance Wackily rules? Garbage. You're, you're going to let that go in the garbage? Yeah. All right. Well, okay. I you're guess talking about my real job or like a personal assistant for my <laughs> my podcasting career? I'm Girlfriend. About my real job. Girlfriend. Girlfriend. <laughs> if I introduce her to my parents, then I'd have to explain the whole podcast to them, which I still keep a deep, deep, dark secret from my, my parents. They would not understand. Probably not a good idea to have swear words in a, a tattoo in a visible region, unless you have a job where it doesn't matter, or unless you're, you know, independently wealthy. And I, I really, matter. yeah, I really hope we get position. tons of hate calls and hate mail about this. People just saying like, what? dude, you're like, so I'm like my dad, I can have a neck tattoo. Like, no, nope, you can't. And if you got one, like prepare to be a coffee maker for the rest of your life. I mean, it's, it's true. Unless you're an artist, musician or a creative position or independently wealthy trust yeah, funder. I mean, you can be, you can be an asshole that works in like the commercial art or what's that industry called? Even just advertising, advertising, yeah. you could probably go find a cool hip advertising place to work, but there's not that many of those. But I mean, put it this way with a neck tattoo, you're probably not going to get hired at UPS. You're delivering boxes. They're not going to hire you with like maybe. a crazy. I don't know. I mean, they'll maybe sleeves, but a neck tattoo. 
And here's the thing. If you're just some white asshole with a neck tattoo, you're not going to get hired. Because, you know, they, they might hire somebody with a neck tattoo, but they're going to hire the ex-con guy who, like, fulfills their little quota of, like, well, we're trying to be good corporate citizens, so we hire this many ex-cons for a year. And we're going to hire, like, they're not going to hire some white fuckhead from fucking Omaha with a neck tattoo. They're going to hire the guy who comes with, like, some extra credits. Put it, put it this way. The only field that you can work in professionally with a neck tattoo is tattoo artist musician or carnival worker like carnival worker <laughs> and, and musicians not a long-term thing like your band might suck or they might be good for a little while and then they suck but uh, you know tattoo artists go ahead tattoo your whole face carnival worker there's always going to be work for you guy <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing i mean you know i remember going to uh what's it called the warp tour like a few years ago with sleazy e we yeah. had we had tickets for I don't know, I don't know if you've been to I I didn't know even like two thirds of the bands but anyways we we go there and I just was amazed at the number of all these like twenty two year old twenty maybe nineteen twenty year old white kids with fucking neck tattoos full sleeve tattoos neck tattoos I'm sure their whole body is covered hands are bad hands are very bad too but I mean they're covered with tattoos and they're twenty years old I mean dude it took yeah. me years to get tattoos you're just like okay so your parents are buying you all this ink. But yet they're damning you for the rest of your life. Because think about it. Unless you are a musician, a tattoo artist, or a carny worker, maybe a roadie, you're probably not going to uh, – you're going to be regretting that. You're going to be wearing a lot of turtlenecks, buddy, and gloves. And nobody looks cool in a turtleneck. No matter how cool your neck tattoo is, you're going to look like a dick wearing a turtleneck. Speaking of uh, impressive tattoos there, Wackerly, did you get the email I sent you earlier today? Um, we had a couple fans here. Uh, send us an email with a photo of the sick and wrong skull logo tattooed on the guy's forearm. I'm going to put the, uh, I'm going to put the JPEG up. I'm going to post the picture to our website, but, uh, here this, okay, here, here's the email. What's up, Melvin and fat Chris from England here. This is dedication for what you guys do. My American friends, I hope you are proud. And sure. uh, yeah, um, one of those guys got the sick and wrong skull logo with the, the Groucho Marks. Uh, glasses and nose on his arm. Pretty it could cool. be covered up for a job interview. It's at, it's close, but it, like with the long <laughs> sleeve, the appropriate length. As long as he doesn't sort of stretch his arm out too much, it won't be visible. I think this is the first sick and wrong tattoo that I've actually. Well, that's no, not the first one that we've ever had a fan do. Remember the uh, remember the guy that got Lance tattooed on his ass. Yeah, I'm convinced he was getting a bigger tattoo, and that was, like, immediately blacked over. You know, it was going to be in a large black area, and he said, oh, just write Lance, and I'll take a photo, and it'll be funny. It was funny. <laughs> I mean, the guy, if I'm if I'm wrong, the dude can send another photo in with, like, a t you know, the current day's newspaper in the, in the photo, but that's what I believe happened. You know, I just wonder who, first of all, who he would show that tattoo to. I mean... <laughs> it just has no relevance to anybody... You know, I guess other than some than one of our listeners, maybe, <laughs> which is like it's an infinitesimally small percentage of the people you'll ever meet in life, especially the people who are going to be looking at your ass. So, right. yeah, I, I don't know. It, it was still kind of brilliant. So, uh, you know, th thanks, uh, Melvin and Fat Chris. We admire and the guy who got Lance tattooed on his ass. We admire your dedication. <laughs> yeah, we don't endorse this type of behavior. No, um, here's here's a second call. And, and listen up, this girl should definitely take heed of that, of these neck tattoos and hand tattoos. Evening, man. Ignore my last phone call. This is Jessica from New Mexico. 
And I'm, today's my 18th birthday. And I probably should have got drunk for this. Happy birthday. Did she say today's her birthday? She said 18th. Oh, she's 18 years old. Well, happy birthday. God, I remember. But in the Latina culture, the big one is 15, right? Quinceanera, yeah. The quinceanera. Well, happy so birthday this is nothing, there. You know, this is um, just another day for her. Yeah. But I wanted to share this story with you. There was a girl in my high school. And apparently she was having sex in the boys' bathroom with a guy. And the teacher had heard it. And I, I don't know, I guess it kicked in the door. That's what I heard. And <laughs> they saw... He? <laughs> the teacher heard them fucking in the in the bathroom and they kicked in the door. I would get, if I was a male it. teacher, I would get a female teacher to do that because that's just fraught with lawsuits and accusing you of sexual impropriety as a man. Yeah, I'm surprised he didn't just go get like, uh, yeah, a female administrator just to go in there and say, hey, listen, even like the parking lot attendant. No, I would get the, I mean, if it was my high school, I would go get the, the big gross, you know, lesbian uh, art teacher. Because yeah. she's, she's, she's like Teflon in that sort of situation. But, but why don't you think about this, though? I mean, uh, high school students don't fuck for like 10 minutes here. I mean, there, there's probably maybe yeah, a one-minute penetration. This guy's like, I'm going to have to catch him in the act, or they're never going to learn from this wrongdoing. There can be a lot of time figuring out how to actually get it in the hole, though. Uh, there is some fumbling around, yes. <laughs> so maybe he did have time to, to go get the lesbian softball teacher. It's hard to get the condom the on. You've never put one on before. You know, it's interesting to me, like, when when did this happen? Was this, you know, 10 years after we graduated high school, like in their, you know, in the early aughts, when uh, all these sluts started slutting around high school? Because in my day, back in my day, in the early 90s, there was no one fucking in the bathroom during school, during school yes, hours. Yes, they were. Yes, they were. They just weren't fucking you. Who was fucking back then? It, I mean, I, at parties. I can, name, I can name some girls I know who are fucking, you know, at during school. school? Sure, like during hours. in the parking lot, back, you know, in the in the baseball dugout when it wasn't baseball season. Sure, I remember after school hours. I'm just saying, I don't remember kids slutting around, especially the bisexual chicks. That didn't happen back then. Girls making out with each other all the time. Uh, yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah, you're right. I'm just saying that there's been this. Uh, it's definitely more rampant now. I'm just saying it wasn't unheard of. There's this slutification of our youth that's going around, and I kind of blame the Kardashians, and I blame the Jersey Shore. And, and uh, yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, and, and it makes me jealous. It makes me wish I was still in high school, even though I probably wouldn't be getting late because I was a dorky-looking Jewish kid exactly. with an afro. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and a high very large awful. nose. I'm not, I'm not going back. Uh, and she was looking at this guy's asshole. What? I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. You all missed right. A, you missed a big point. Okay. So I'm going to rewind. This, this is advanced sexual, not intercourse play. This Definitely is not like advanced. fumbling around and like stick it in really quickly, then blow your load and leave. You know what I'm blaming this on? I'm blaming this on porn. The confluence of internet porn, because now kids today see that and they think licking a guy's asshole is just, that's what that's foreplay. I mean, everybody thought it was weird, you know, when we were that age or maybe even college that, that blowjobs were the new norm. And then it became strange that every girl was like doing anal. Like, oh, I guess every girl does anal now because of porn. That's odd. And but now, now girls just lick asshole. Yeah, <laughs> and, <that's> now, like... <laughs> and it's kind of weird, too. I mean, was it, to have this happen just while you're hooking up in that girl's bathroom. 
Yeah. It's, it's not it, like, I mean, was there no sense of urgency? Yeah, it's just, it's weird to me. Well, was, I mean, what's, what's going to be nice? Like, every girl, caught. like, a girl's a prude unless she does full anal fisting. Yeah. I hate that chick sucks, man. She wouldn't let me completely fist her. I had to, I had to dump her ass. Yeah, what boundaries are we going to cross in the next 10 years? I wonder. Dude, I, to- I totally wanted to do a... I wanted to snuff that chick, do like a sexual snuff film with her, and she wouldn't even let me. Fucking bitch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Munching on tampons? Like, is that going to be normal? Like, who knows? Bitch better munch on a tampon. I in the door. That's what I heard. I rewinded it. And... They saw it, and she was licking this guy's asshole. So I don't know. Ever since then, she moved. I don't know what happened to her. <laughs> she had to move because she fucking tossed salad. Not in the boys' bathroom. Well, I just want to share with you. I've been listening to you guys for two years. Probably a little bit more than that. But you do have teenage girl listeners. Just wanted to tell you that. Okay. Bye. Was she from Mexico or New Mexico? I didn't get that. I was about to ask you how you knew she was a Latina or why you think she's a Latina because she said she's from New Mexico. I mean, there yeah, are. I mean, she has the speech pattern. I guess she does kind of. I I, I don't know. I kind of thought she sounded like a uh, you know like a a uh, minor. I mean, I didn't think she sounded. She's like, a minor. She's yeah. eighteen. She just well, she's turned 18. eighteen. She just turned eighteen. I just thought she sounded like a young kid. I, I didn't think I didn't necessarily hear Chola. I didn't call it. I I don't. I'm not going into Chola because I don't know if that's offensive. <laughs> Maybe even Latina is offensive. Hispanic. You're not supposed to say that. But she has the speech pattern that I associate with, like a young brown girl. Okay, wait, <laughs> like, what are you allowed to say? I don't know what people want to be. Are called. you associating with Latinas in Alameda a lot that I don't know about? Because I don't know where you encounter this speech pattern. If you live in California, you associate with yeah. Spanish, even that's not, I was going to say Spanish speaking, but she might not speak Spanish. I mean, people who eat tacos and are good at making tacos that, okay. So I'm you just s- digging myself a hole here. You've stopped, I'm going to call her. She, she's a, sounds like a Latina. I'm saying Latina. All right. So you've stopped doing Super Bowl parties, but you're doing quinceañeras now. That's what I you're hosting. Love, at your I house? would love to do a quinceañera. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of attracted to, you know ethnic girls <laughs> so. as long as they're over 18 um it's good Which to, she is it's good to know that we have teenage listener girls out there that listen to the show um we I, would I, have so little in common like i don't even know <laughs> we couldn't talk for five minutes before i just be like uh bye i'm gonna take you home uh, you know well it flatters me that you teenage girl listeners listen to our show i think uh, if we ever met in real life you would be disgusted it'd be extremely awkward Right. Don't They'd be like, what? why is your skin so saggy? <laughs> why do you look like that? It's weird. Are those called jowls? Oh, is this a spare tire? Is that what they... I've always, <laughs> I always wondered what, why people said that, but you're right. It looks just like a spare tire around your body. So this is what happens when you drink and smoke for 25 years. God. Have your balls always been this long? <laughs> no, it just kind of gradually gets like that. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's I'm what, what's all, all, the, all the boys, you know, they've got that to look forward to also. But I think this girl, though, is on the right track. You know, I, I think she said she feels that she doesn't condone this type of behavior. She feels this is something that should happen in a bedroom, not a bathroom in a public in a public high school. And, I think uh, see, I think she's on the wrong track. Well, you think she should be licking a guy's asshole in the bathroom <laughs> at high school? No, but I think this is a hot dog in the pussy story. You, you think this is an urban myth? 
I just think it's one of those things in high school that something happened and then the story goes around the high school and by the time it gets to you, you know, she was licking the dude's asshole and, and Mr. Jefferson, you know, the social studies teachers caught them and she was licking his asshole. I mean, probably that's not what happened. The, and the hot dog story is that everybody knows, everybody knows somebody in high school fucking herself with a frozen hot dog and it broke off and she had to go to the emergency room. But that never really happens. It's like something maybe sort of like that happened. Okay, I guess, all right. I'm saying let's suppose that this story did actually occur. I think she's on the the right track of like Oh, saying, the value judgment. Yeah, yes, the value true. judgment here. That's what, that's what I'm saying. But sure. yeah, all in all, this sounds like it's uh, obviously uh, been fabricated by the students because who, who saw them licking the asshole? Like, did the, Mr. Jefferson come back and be like, okay, she was licking hey, that boy's asshole. <laughs> Let me tell you what's going on. <laughs> and, then, and also the fact that the kid had to move, the girl had to move, that, you know, then she's just fair game. Like, you can say any shit you want about the people who move. And I'm sure that's not the reason she moved, because she was tossing some dude's salad in the high school bathroom. <laughs> Her reputation was forever just destroyed. Uh, um, but yeah, there, I mean, you know, stories from high school. And uh, here, here's the final call that we got. Um, this came from uh, a, an English guy with a thick English accent. See how much of this you can understand. Uh, okay, did you you might have to explain here what's 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 occurring. Did you understand? I think, it's new, I think it's New Year's and he's in the pub with a bunch of friends and it's crowded and they're getting smashed. He said drinking, drinking, bonkers, bonkers. Is that what he said? I don't know, but you're talking over a lot of it, so I can't understand what he's saying. Okay, I'll shut the fuck up. My friend's eh, drinking tomorrow, wicked, wicked, we're all smashed up, smoking some weed, saying to pain, fall asleep, wake up, it's 7.30 in the morning, go to the toilet, have a piss, having a piss, look at the, look at the bar, and there's a shit, a massive fucking shit. All right, Wackerly, what's happening here? He, it's the next day, and he woke up, and he was taking a piss, but then he decided he had to take a shit, so he was taking a shit. Or maybe he was already sitting down because he was so hungover to take a piss, and the shit just started coming out. See, I, I deciphered a completely different meaning. He got up in the morning. He was really hungover. He was taking a piss. He looked over in the bath, and someone shit in the bathtub. Okay, maybe. Did you hear that? No. All right, let me rewind this. Tell me if you think you think I did hear something about the bath, but I couldn't understand it. You're right. You are correct. Square shit. So I start laughing. I just can't stop laughing. I know it was me. I wasn't shooting the bath. Which I make. I was your shit. You saw your hand go. It was my late. You still asleep. Waking up. I was your shit. You saw your hand go. Then all of a sudden, you guess up. All right, what happened there? I totally I missed know. that. His girl, he asked his friend if it was him, and he 
said it wasn't, but then, you know, the guy went into the bathroom himself and then, but then his girlfriend came over and he cleaned up the shit. So it must've been him. I would just looked at his asshole. Like, let me see your asshole. Is it square? (laughs) Then it's your shit. How do you make a square shit? Do you think he actually formed it into a square after the fact? The only thing I can think of, and this is going back into the archives, is that somehow he got a hold of the turd twister oh, that we sent to John Steele. Turd twister that can makes your <clears throat> allows you to shape your shits. That's a that's a good idea. Yeah, you know, he might have actually got a hold of the turd twister, and uh, it'd be hard know, to use when you were drunk, though, to get it in there, and you know, and then also to like maintain the position to keep the integrity of the shape. <laughs> Because uh, if you're moving around and you're stumbling, yeah, you're not going to maintain the uh, the actual shape of the square. You know, it's, it's interesting. It reminded me of back in college. You remember when we, one of our roommates, took a shit in the shower? Yes. And uh, we had a bit of a tribunal, but I don't think it was ever proven who, um, did, did he ever admit guilt? Because we, we both know <laughs> who it was. I've heard different versions of the story. But it was okay. So we didn't actually even have a bathtub. We had did this somebody dis- find the shit, or we were just told? That, no, like, I saw oh, yes, it. I should- oh, you saw the shit? Yeah, no, we all saw it. Like we went upstairs, and I think it was our friend, our roommate Rob, that was like, "No, it was before he lived there." It was uh, someone else walked in there and was like, "Oh my god!" and started freaking out. And then we all walked up there, and yeah, it was like a full on log in the shower because we didn't have a bathtub. Okay, we, we so just that, had a stand I mean, that, that negate the version that I heard, probably from the guy who was accused, was that I didn't shit in the shower. I took a shit, and we didn't have any toilet paper, and I went into the shower to wash my ass off, which still sucks, but doesn't suck as bad as as bending over and shitting in the shower. Use the shower as a bidet. That's you know, what he told a, me. But if you saw a big loaf of shit, yeah, there was that a log. Means his story su- is complete fabrication. I don't recall. I remember the shit just being left there because I I showered at my girlfriend's house after that for a while, and then. But I mean, I don't know who moved it or who cleaned it. I remember you being extremely upset about it, very irritated. I don't think so. I, th- I thought it, I thought it was. I just I think I think you're mistaking me for uh, our friend Andy. Yeah, Andy. Was, I don't even remember. I, like I like I said. Andy I heard, some, really I heard some version that he just took a shit and he washed his ass. And I was like, that's fine. I mean, that's gross, but I don't give a fuck. I have other shit to worry about. It's just a funny thing to accuse your room. Well, it's a funny thing to have to, to have occur, but it's a funnier thing to have to accuse somebody of doing. And then I have, have a discussion about it. And then it. a discussion. I remember we had this full on roommate discussion about like, okay, who shit in the shower? And uh, then it was, uh, you know, people were, were, were offering competing theories and uh, alibis. Like where were you then? Or could it couldn't have been me? I don't remember who. I mean, it, it could be. It could be definitely one of these things, like you know, in a movie where the guy did shit, or did maybe what I said happened was that he washed his shitty ass in the shower, so he sort of took all the blame, and we said, no, you really took a shit, and he made. And when really somebody who was never accused was actually the person who shit in the shower, because there's lots of suspects in that house. There, I mean, there are like. Uh, what, ten, nine people? Ten people live there? And, you know, eight Boy. of them are extremely gross. And significant others. And then there are other people that would just crash there. So there were many different suspects. I don't think it was ever determined who actually defecated in the shower. I mean, we I didn't take DNA samples or anything. I'm surprised we didn't because we had a couple engineers and scientists that went there. But True. Yeah, you know, I don't even know who cleaned it up. But it was a disgusting shower. It didn't even matter. I bet you people just sh- showered and the shit just eventually dissolved. I went down the drain. <laughs> I do remember somebody talking about pushing it down the drain with their foot. 
which is an image that will always be in my mind. On that like, note. Like, you know, mashing it through the grate. That's <laughs> uh, disgusting. On that note. Yeah, you know, if you're going to get drunk and spend the night at your friend's house, just shit in the toilet. You don't have to shit, shit in the, the backyard. Bath. Shit in the backyard, you know? Just fucking spe- bend over. I mean, there was a big dirt parking lot in the backyard at that particular house. Just get in between two cars, bend over, and just loaf. Yeah, exactly. Loaf there. People call the Sigurong Hotline, 206-666-3846. Wankly, we're running out of time here. Uh, people, if you haven't already subscribed to the show on iTunes, uh, we do appreciate that. You know, I haven't been on there for a little while, but uh, I noticed the last couple comments that we got were hilarious. So go, you know, tell us you love us. Go to iTunes, subscribe to the show, give us a rating, five stars, hopefully, and leave a witty comment. We always love when you do that. But uh, yeah, I mean, it gets us in the what's hot category, and so you get more people listening to the show. Also, um, right now we're out of medium tees for the Sick and Wrong Tees. I know a bunch of people have been ordering shirts. We do have smalls, larges, and extra larges left. Not that many, though. So if you want a shirt, order one now if you want a medium. Uh, you might want to consider ordering a small or a large. Uh, but just go to sickerongpodcast.com slash store and get your t-shirt today. Finally here, the Sick and Wrong Song of the Week was sent in by Travis. He goes, hey guys, dedicate this one out to Christopher Dorner. And he sent the song Ice-T Cop Killer. Remember that one? Yeah. It was Ice-T in the 90s did like this, um, it was like, uh, I think it was the band was called Body Count. Ice-T and Body Count. And they were kind of like a heavy metal, like a black guy, heavy metal band. Like all black <laughs> this, was guys. The, this was the glory days of the rap metal crossover. Well, he, I mean, if you think about it, though, listen to the song. It's not even really rap. It's definitely more metal. Mm-hmm. Like he, and he's like really singing. But the, I remember the song was wrought with controversy. Like uh, when it well, came out. talking about killing police officers. Yeah, people freaked out about it. But, you, but ironically enough, look at the show he's on now. Law and Order, Special Victims Unit. Is he still? Yeah, he was on. He, okay, he was on Law and Order Special Victims Unit, which regrettably is not about um, a unit that investigates the murder of retards or molestation of retards. It's actually special. I bet you there's a couple episodes that are about that. I haven't watched it enough to know, but the ones I have <laughs> I can't seen believe that show's still on the air, but they're very popular. The ones I have seen had nothing to do with retarded people, and I just shut it off in in a rage. Um, but no, he was on Law and Order, which is ironic. And then uh, I think he's now on this show that's a reality show about his relationship with his wife with a massive breast. Coco. Coco. And ass. She also has ass prosthetics, which I think are very, they're a neglected part of plastic surgery for, you know, um, insecure women. <laughs> Don't just enlarge your breasts because you see these girl women in the airport all the time that just clearly fake breasts. They have this like stick like body and these big massive tits. Uh, and it just looks weird. So you should take some of that money. It looks disproportionate and you, your tits clearly aren't, don't match your frame. But if, I think if they get, you went, paid the extra money for the ass implants, it might balance things out. You might look even more like a freaky sex robot, but whatever. It'd be better. She kind of looks like a monstrous freak anyway, but, um, but yeah, it's just weird to me that this is the same dude in 1993 or 92 wrote the song cop killer. The band Body Count. But uh, there was a period of time when Ice-T was very cool. So we're going to end the show here. Thank you, Travis, for sending that in. We're going to end the show here with Ice-T Cop Killer, dedicated to probably the, the, the most famous cop killer right now, Christopher Dorner. Um, people, stay tuned. We'll be back next week with episode 368. Until then, take it sleazy.
Merry good night. This next record is dedicated to some personal friends of mine, the LAPD. For every cop that has ever taken advantage of somebody, beat them down or hurt them because they got long hair, listen to the wrong kind of music, wrong color, whatever they thought was the reason to do it. For every one of those fucking police, I'd like to take a pig out here in this parking lot and shoot him in their motherfucking face.
straight out of Dogtown, skateboarding, surfing it up. Before I say anything else, I want to say no matter what you've done, you deserve respect. Even if you make mistakes, you're lovable. And it doesn't matter your look skills or age or size or anything, you're worthwhile. No one could ever take that away from you.